Welcome to the official Autodesk Inventor Podcast. My name is Garen Gardner. I'm an Inventor Product Manager, and this is episode number 33. Well, shortly after I released the last podcast, I had quite a few questions that came in about Inventor 2010. I think many of you are expecting to see some videos this last go-around about some of the new capabilities. And um, so we were actually planning on doing that, just uh, running a little late doing it. But I wanted to kick off uh, the first of several podcasts that will be showing some of the Inventor 2010 capabilities. And um, I will tell you I'm saving the best for last, but we have some pretty exciting things for many of you that, uh, that are doing design work in Inventor. So the first go-round, we're going to talk a little bit about digital prototyping for consumer products. And this is one of those areas that we're, you'll find that we're adding more and more capabilities and we're seeing more and more people use Inventor for consumer products. We also will we'll discuss design and simulation, some interoperability, and workflow optimization. So this particular episode, we are going to focus on digital prototyping for consumer products. And we want to talk a little bit about some of the things that we've done in that area. So the first thing that we'll look at is some of the multi-body capabilities in Inventor, alias integration, and then the technical plastic part features. So let's take a look at the, the alias integration. Now after, after this, we'll actually have a demonstration to show the new functionality in Inventor 2010. So no fear, I won't just show you a bunch of slides. But one of the first things, to, first things that we've done is added the ability to link in with Alias Studio. Alias Studio is an industrial design tool that allows our industrial designers to build concept models, do a lot of the ergonomic and, and uh, visual analysis of their design before they make any type of, of manufacturable component. So in this case, something like a gaming controller could go through many iterations of how this thing's going to look and feel before the engineer comes into play with adding the ribs, shelling it out, making sure that it's manufacturable, getting the silhouette edge, all those kinds of things. So um, quite often what's happened in the past is customers would bring in an alias model into some CAD application, uh, do some work on it, later change the, the alias studio model only to find that they couldn't update uh, easily the, the geometry in the CAD application. We wanted to make this as seamless as possible and very easy to do. So what you'll find is we're now allowing you to dynamically update those that link. So we can bring in the alias data, it's linked in kind of like a derived file and then you can update that as necessary. So this allows you to, to create a, a model like this, take it over to Inventor, start shelling it, adding all the downstream features to it. And then if somebody goes in and makes a design change to that controller, you can actually update that in Inventor. So it's a very smart way to do that. Um, the next thing that we've added is the ability to, to use multiple bodies in a single part file. This is one of those things I've been very excited about. Uh, I come back, I came in from the mechanical desktop days where we could do this use tool bodies and things like that. So this has a, a very similar look and feel in some ways, but has a, a lot more capabilities to it. So one of the things that you can do with this is start out as a single part, start splitting it into multiple parts. You can do Boolean operations to join or cut one body from another body, but this is great to be able to, to have one shape, 
start breaking it into many, many solid bodies, and then being able to control all of those bodies in a single operation. So I can change one fillet that would basically go across all bodies and it will update everything at once, opposed to um, possibly having this in three different part files that you're having to go and update. It's all managed in one part file and you can do a, a lot of really quick layouts and concept design work in this workflow. Now the good thing about this is it's not only for consumer products. Many of you will be able to take advantage of multi-body support and find some really interesting workflows with this. Um, once you create a multi-body part, if you, really, if you want to push this out and do some documentation, you can actually push it out to individual part files and they're still referenced back to the original. So you make a change to the original and it'll update those, those uh, external parts as well. One of the other things that we've done is added some technical plastic part features. This allows you to do things like grills, bosses, rests, lips. And these are things that in the past you could do in Inventor, but it would, do, it would take multiple operations to do it. Things like a, a grill, you can create a single sketch file and be able to, to have it cut out certain parts of the part, add material to other areas. doesn't matter if you're going across multiple faces. It's a very robust uh, feature. And then also things like bosses. You'll be able to put both uh, the screw and the thread side uh, very easily, and you can put things like ribs, you know, stiffeners in there without having to do multiple operations. Things like rests typically have taken multiple features, cutting material one way, adding material another way, and you'll find that this does it all, all for you in one pass. And then also things like lips and hooks to be able to connect these things together and have them in a nice tight fit. And then also some of the rule-based fillets that we added into Inventor 2010. This allows you to create fillets and then add rules to them. So if a, if a feature touched this face, it would automatically add a fillet. Um, there are a lot of different things you can do with this. And um, one of those things that if you use a lot of fillets, I would certainly recommend if you have beta or once you get 2010 to go out, take a look at this, play around with it a little bit and see how this can help you out in your design work. And then one of the final things that we'll talk about here is spline control. This uh, in the past in creating splines if you had if you wanted to be able to modify some of the control points, adjust the, the handles or the bow ties, you would need to right click on the point, display the handles, then you could go in and, and parametrically drive the size of those handles and bow ties. Uh, it was a little bit difficult to discover for many users. So what we've done is now when you when you have a spline, if you pick on it, we'll show those handles kind of light in the, the background so you don't see them too, uh, they're not always in your face, but then you can go and click and drag them around. You don't actually have to turn anything on. They're always on when you when you click on the spline. They're just not as visible when, uh, when they're not picked to drag around. So it's one of those things that again makes it very easy to see them, but it's not really in your face and it's only when you start clicking and dragging that uh, that they are brought up in, in red like you see on the screen. So if you use a lot of splines and want to be able to play around with this, this is a, a great enhancement to the spline capabilities. So with that, those are a handful of tools that we added in the consumer product design for digital prototyping. And with that, I'll roll a video that, uh, that, I've, that I've set up. You'll be able to see some of the capabilities in here and get a good idea for some of the things in 2010. Now, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I am saving the best for last. So keep tuned the next couple episodes of the podcast. We'll have some fun things in here for 2010. And, of course, we always like your, your feedback. So take a look at the video and enjoy.
Well, let's take a look at some of the capabilities we have for consumer products. First off, we're going to take a, we're going to take a look at how we can take advantage of the alias interoperability through Inventor. So in the past, we've been able to import in alias wire files into Inventor. Uh, now we want to be able to leverage that so that if there are any design changes to my alias model, that I can re-update my Inventor model. So this allows me to open up a, an alias model, make uh, I, I may want to shell it out, add a number of features in Inventor to make this a manufacturable component. But then, as my industrial design team is making design changes, I can re-update my model with those design changes. So in this case we have a design change. We can see we have a lightning bolt that the industrial design team has made some change to the design and we want to be able to go out to that file and, and get an update and see what type of changes we have. Now the great thing is, is I don't have to throw away all the things that I've been working on. I can actually leverage all of that information and, and be able to, to use it moving forward. So we'll see that we get a nice ergonomic shape and we do notice that there are a couple of surfaces that may not have updated and we want to take a look at what may be going on so you'll notice we have a repair association and this is a really great tool that is as I've had changes maybe deleted some surfaces added new surfaces the system may want to know what we want to do with them so in this case in Inventor I have some surfaces that I don't have on, any longer on the Alias Studio side so I can take a look at it in the window I can see them if if it's something that I'm not really that that I don't need in my design I can then remove it through my repair association I can also see different surfaces that may be a little bit different in uh, the in, in my industrial design side that are, are a little different in Inventor. You'll notice that I can come in and group the two together and let the system know that these two surfaces are the same. So if I make any changes or if I have any features that are dependent on these, it'll know how to, to work with those. So with that, you'll notice that very easily I can get a design change. I can make sure uh, what the changes are and then if necessary I can do some manual work to make sure that it updates so that my downstream features like shells, fillets, chamfers will be able to be honored moving forward. So you can see that quickly and easily I was able to do that. Another exciting set of tools to use inside of Inventor for consumer product design is some of our multi-body capabilities in Inventor. So let's take a look at a single part file. You'll notice we have the housing of a speaker here and some of the new things that we've done to Inventor, you'll notice in our browser we now have a couple of folders for bodies, for surface bodies and solid bodies. And let's take a look at uh, what we can do with some of these things. First off, we're going to take one of the surfaces and we want to split this into two bodies. So you'll notice we can use our regular split command, split this into a front and a back, and you'll notice that now I can turn off that front if I want or turn it back on so we can actually control each of those bodies. So let's also take a look at one more surface and we're going to split the very front of this into another body. And then we probably want to get rid of that very front grill area so that we can start to do some work on how to assemble this thing together. So you'll notice that we start to see some internal components here. We can see the speaker in there. And before we do too much, we want to be able to shell out the internal component or the internal uh, bodies here. So the f we'll grab that uh, the, the first face there that we can come to and also There we go. So we can see both the front and the back face and uh, you'll notice that we can do a, a single wall thickness across multiple bodies. So with one shelling operation I can shell both the front and the back body 
and also remove the, the internal face there so that when we open this up or turn the front body off, we can see completely inside of there. Well, we want to be able to do a little bit of work to this so that the speaker mounts correctly on our box. So let's start off by using some of the new plastic part features where we can come in and add a rest. And the rest is great. It allows us to add material one direction and remove material another direction. So you can see here it's actually going in both directions, adding and removing at the same time so we can get the material in place. Now we may want to take a look at, uh, look at this as a section view. So let's section through this and we can see what we have in our design. We can see we have a constant wall thickness throughout the entire design. Now one thing I may want to do, I'm going to come back into that rest and more than likely when I first created this I probably wanted to flip the direction of that to remove material so that my speaker fits in there a little bit better. And we also want to come in and remove some of the front face material so we can see the speaker cone and, and everything going on. So let's just project a little geometry. I'm going to remove a little bit of material here and you'll notice that it's just removing material from that very front body and there we go. You can see that we have the speaker and everything in place. So the next thing that we may want to do is add some some bosses so that we can fasten this all together. And this is one of those things on the plastic part design usually takes multiple operations. You have to extrude, add material, remove material, and trying to get everything in place is sometimes a little difficult. So we can actually just use a, a whole center point and then we can come in and it may be that we don't necessarily want all of these holes so we just want the the first couple of holes there and we'll apply that so you'll notice that we can add it uh, blows the the face open there for the holes we can see that it gives us a nice little rest there and then we want to use those same hole centers for the back side so we can just turn those back on and you'll notice we can come in with a boss and we'll do much the same thing only this time we're going to tell it to use the thread end and the back is our solid body make sure that it flips the right direction so that we can see what it's going to look like and then we also may want to come in and as I mentioned earlier we don't necessarily need all of these center points so we'll just remove a couple of those and we also may want to add some things like a stiffening rib we may want to rotate that so you'll notice you have a lot of uh, parameters here that you can start changing the size how what the angle is, the thickness, all sorts of things like that and then we'll apply this. So pretty quickly we've been able to come in with just a, a single part file break it up into multiple components. We've been able to add the fastening pieces so that we can screw this together. We've been able to to get the speaker to where it fits in place okay and uh, and see how everything would work. Now from here it may be that you want to start pushing these out to individual part files so we can come in and, and actually start making components. So you'll notice if you go underneath your tools tab we can start pushing whatever components out we want to push. So this is essentially doing a reverse of a derived component. We're actually taking the solid body, pushing it out to multiple parts and then they're, they're completely linked to this initial part file. So if I were to change the wall thickness or a fillet size, each of these parts would be able to be updated. So this is a, a really great way to start out in a, a single part and then push it out when necessary. So with that, again, really excited for the plastic part and the multi-body capabilities, and I think this will be something that will really help you out in some areas, not only consumer products.